There you go. All right. Welcome to episode 54 of the Bobbycast and with uh, Dirk Bentley. What happened to my theme song? Bobby Bones from the radio, he's got himself. No, that was for a TV show. That's oh, a whole yeah, different yeah. thing. Remember, we, we still have that. Okay, no, no, good, it's still good. out there. All right, when I first started your podcast, I was like, where's my uh, But that was, song? Dirks wrote a song for a TV pilot that we're still in the middle of. And yeah. so I was like, hey, do a, and so you made a song. But it still exists. Okay. Just nobody's heard it yet because we're, we're on lockdown with that thing until July. Because right. you had to sign a contract where nobody can see or hear anything until July. It was fun. It was me and some of the guys of the band, Dan Holcalter, our, our fiddle player, we all kind of came up with a little theme song for you. But uh, hopefully I'll hear that one day. I was um, talking to someone that um, – Sarah at CMA. Mm. And she was talking about how you guys used to work at Nashville Network together. Yeah. So this is what we were just talking before my stand-up show on Saturday night. Congratulations, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was like, "Hey," cause she was like, "Is Dirk's coming?" And I was like, "No, I think Dirk's on the road. I guess everybody assumes if I'm in town, you're going to come to the show." Mm-hmm. She was just like, "Hey, is Dirk's coming?" And I was like, "He is not." I would have been there. He is not coming. He's uh, he's on the road. And she said, "You know, Dirk's used to. I, I know you used to work at Nashville Network, but she was like, you know, he used to leave CDs on everybody's chairs mm. all the time. Like you, he would leave." And he would just leave music on everybody's chair so we would all have it and hear it. Hustling. Was that to get people to actually hear the music, or was that because you liked them as friends and you wanted them to hear your music? No, that was me trying to get it, you know, just opening every door possible. And um, I definitely wanted them to hear it, but I was trying to get something going, and not really in a desperate way, just like, you know, I was working on music, and, uh, you know, I, Sarah, anyone I thought could, like, be a, be of help, of, like, you know, of hearing that and help me maybe... Put it in someone's hands or get a get a you know, kick down a door was, was uh, the point. But um, I can't believe she remembers that. Yeah, we worked at TNN. The building's gone where we used to work. It was across the street from the Opry House, and it was when TNN and CMT were kind of all packed together. And I was just doing anything I could at that point. Um, you know, I was recording songs. I was playing downtown on Lower Broadway. I was writing at uh, you know at ASCAP in the, the the little writers room they have upstairs for they allow anyone to, to write in. So it's just kind of a thing. I'm just. The shotgun blast of putting as much stuff out there and seeing what would, would stick. And I'm sorry about my voice, by the way, but I just did three shows in a row and traveled back today from South Dakota, and my voice is a little fried. Do you, when you travel, do you always fly back? You always fly your own plane back? I always fly the band, and I always, I always fly the US. I don't know what your thing is with flying. There's some, di- it's one of two things. Because I, I, don't, I don't understand the flying thing with you. And so much so, and I think you're probably a good pilot. I'm no. good. I mean, you have to be right. Yeah, yeah they, they also call them those little planes, like you know, lawyer killers, <laughs> because you get just you get just oh, right, good right, enough, right. and then you well, get out there. Yeah, it's man, the, the flying thing is so. Um, it's you know, it's, it's a whole other show, but it is you know, it's it's a it's a manifestation. That's something that I, I put out there a long time ago, and um, I think that's one thing you and I share in common is manifesting our realities, and, and, and it starts with small things. It started off me just when I was nineteen, wanting to get my pilot's license, and it took me three years to get it. Why'd you want to get a pilot's license? I just wanted to fly. I just had that when I was, when I was a kid. I made model airplanes. I just wanted, and I just wanted to to fly. And uh, it took me three years just because it took time and money to do it. I got my pilot's license, and then I just stopped flying because I didn't really have a mission. And then I flew with Kenny Chesney one time, coming back from a show in a private jet, my first time ever in a jet. I was like, this is unbelievable. It was back in 2003. It was me, Keith, and Kenny in a plane. It was awesome. I was like, whoa, this is what I want, you know? And so I've done this with a couple things. I made my password on my computer. When we landed, we went to like a different terminal, right, where, where jets go. And it was a place called Signature. It was like a... 
That's what it's like a the 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 little general aviation plane for a place for jets. And I wrote, I made signature my password in my computer. And so every time I had to get on my computer, I had to type the word signature. And I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna own a jet. And uh, you know, my career kind of stalled out around 2008. And that dream, I was like, you know, that's never gonna happen. I'm never gonna own a jet school. But uh, you know that dream kind of went away, and uh, I was playing a gig somewhere with Halfway to Hazard of all people, and a little plane flew overhead, and these guys are like I always look up the planes, and these guys go, yeah, "That's Tim McGraw. He's he's, that's, he's Tim's up there flying that plane to the gig today." It was a charity gig we were doing. I was like, "Tim McGraw has his own cologne. He's not flying around in a little six-cylinder <laughs> prop plane by himself." You know. And sure enough, it was Tim McGraw, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm getting my pilot's license," and he was flying this cool plane. And I mean, um, getting my pilot's license, and he was flying the plane. Well, he was with an instructor flying okay. to a gig, you know, right. multitasking. And so I went out the next day and started flying with that instructor, and I just fell back in love with flying again. And I had, I had a kid at this point too; Evie was born, so I was looking for ways to kind of cut the corners off some of my travel. At this point, I was flying Southwest all the time, and so I started flying that small plane nonstop because of a uh, of a uh, of McGraw, and I put about. Five, six, seven hundred hours in that plane, flying everywhere. And uh, long story short, how things you put them out there in the universe, they come back to you. I uh, was flying out of O'Hare. I flew a commercial plane into O'Hare, went around to the other side of the airport, and jumped in my plane, my little prop plane that someone had met me with to fly to a gig in a small town. And I was using the bathroom at the urinal, and I looked up, and the word signature was above the urinal. And I was like, oh my God. Like it, it totally worked out in a way I wasn't expecting. I thought I was going to be in the back of a jet. You know, that was my, my, what I was manifesting, hoping to manifest. Ended up being in the front left seat of a prop plane, which was way cooler. I'd rather be the pilot than a passenger. And uh, it's just it's crazy you put things out there like that and they come around. And now and it continued to evolve. I've met you know I met the guys at Cessna and became friends with the the guy that runs the company. And I'm flying a little bit different plane now that I can actually hold all the guys in my band. They're they're all brave enough to fly with me. And I have another pilot that flies with us too. So there's two of us up front. It's the, the plane's just because sm- we were together in Vegas and you were like, yeah. hey, we're leaving at 4 p.m. tomorrow if you want to fly. I was like, dude. I appreciate the offer, but I don't want to get in a small plane like that. Like, I don't feel comfortable. Yeah. You, if you flew, uh, you know, for me and the guys of the band, it's, you know, it's, we have kids and it's just like, I remember the first time I took a, a guitar player with me, our old guitar player, Brian Lason. He's like, I'll go up with you one time when it's p- perfectly clear and we don't go a mile from the airport. I was like, <laughs> all right, well, we'll see about that. I flew him home one night from a gig. So he got to be home at you know midnight instead of getting home the next day on the bus at like 10 a.m. I called him Velcro because I could not get him out of the seat. He was stuck to that seat. Every time I was flying in ice, rain, snow, he was always like first one wanting to go because it's a time machine. If you got kids in this business, um, you have to be two places at once. It's definitely just, and maybe not even that plane, but you know, sometimes work, if there's somewhere I have to get quick, they'll send a plane. Yeah. And they'll go, hey, we need you New York to Los Angeles. And then we need you back in New York. So yeah. they'll send their plane and I'll just get shipped around. Yeah. It's a game. It's a change. Like, it is. And it's a total luxury. And I, it's crazy even talking about it. But it is for me. I want to be as successful as a dad as I am, as I feel like as I've been as a, as a singer, entertainer. And to do that, you have to be present. You have to be there. You can't talk about it. You have to be there for the, you know, make the breakfast. You got to be there to go to the games. You got to be there to do all the the little things, the tiny things, the dumb things, and uh, it's a lot that, of math, though, right? Are you doing math all the time up there, or not really? I'm just I was, I've just seen you up on a calculator the whole time, and I'm going, God, no, they're just trying to I mean, do luckily, my buddy Austin, who I fly with, is such a help. I mean, it's, when you got a two man crew, it really helps out a lot. But um, we've got a great product. You find a, a Cessna plane, and it's, it's it's really reliable, great people, and the great service. And uh, it is just it, it makes it, and I fly the whole band with me too. Those guys go with me everywhere, and so when we walk on stage. They're in a great mood because their families are happy. Their wives are in good spirits. They've been with their kids that morning. 
we hit the stage, it makes for a better show. I mean, it makes it's a win-win for us, for the, our, our fans, and obviously for our, our kids. So it's it's kind of at this point of my career, it's one has you know they go hand in hand. How do you do your band? Because so I have our little stupid band, yeah, and I have a couple people that I keep on all the time. My mm-hmm. drummer, my bassist, they're just my drummer, my bassist. Yeah, cool. But do you? But everybody else kind of trickles in and out. And I pay them. You know, they have to get paid differently because yeah. some do some shows. Is your whole band like on a retainer? Like, do you pay them a salary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're like your people. Yeah, that's. I mean, I'm always been a band guy. When I was playing down lower Broadway, I just liked being in the band. You know, I loved. I had a list of like you know a hundred guys I've met over the year the years of being down there. If I needed a steel player, I'd call <clears throat> Rusty Danmeyer. If I needed an upright bass player, I'd call this guy. You know, and so I just I've always loved musicians. They're my favorite people. They're just to be a great musician, you have to learn from all the people before you so it really humbles you to a degree you know you don't think you're the greatest guy ever because you have to study all the people that came before you to get good so they're just great people they're fun to be around they don't have egos but and, you pay them they get a paycheck the guys from so, like your company yeah so what I was saying the greatest thing when you actually get a band you go from paying them day rates when you can actually put them on salary it's like the best feeling because it's a big deal for them to be on salary and so yeah they get they get a paid salary throughout the whole year whether we're, we're touring or not it's awesome if they came to you and said hey Dirks listen I'm gonna leave I'm gonna go over to Urban no one's leaving my band <laughs> because they just enjoy the because vibe. They, because they love, we have a great vibe together. We're super close. We're as close as probably your morning show is, and I, they get paid really well, and they fly everywhere with me to every gig. When I fly a lot, so they're they so their lifestyle. You 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 give you give them a lifestyle that makes them want to stay. There's no gig out there that anyone in my band would ever take. You could toss the greatest rock band out there; they would never take that gig. Hmm. I treat them like they're, those guys are my that, that is all my dude time that's all my bro time is with the guys in the band those are who I do all my stuff with that's when I come home I'm like I don't need to see any other males I'm good I've been with my guys all weekend we had a great time we went and saw Mount Rushmore <laughs> we we went hiking we played video games We and we were going through this shared experience together when I walk on stage that's like a you know I have a lot of other friends but with these guys we have a shared experience of going out there every day and having to you know, run this marathon and crack this rock and break it up into little pieces over and over again and find ways to do it where it makes it fun for us continually. It's kind of like a therapy session in a way if you really are trying to do it in an honest and sincere way, the live show that is, and not just put on a show but go through an experience with your fans and with your fellow bandmates. Um, it's uh, I really approach it that way. Obviously, I'm, it's my deal, but I approach it as a band from the way we interact on stage to even where their mics are placed on stage, you know, up near mine, not way in the back you know we're it's more like a level you know think of Pearl Jam I try to keep it up tight and close like that so if you're away doing dude stuff is there any resentment from your wife because she's at home with the kids and she's like you get to go and do dude stuff I know you're working but still yeah. you're doing dude fun stuff and then you come home and she's been with the kids totally yeah I mean I won't say resentment but there's there's I mean there's, I have to be honest about it and transparent about it because I am I, I am doing my job this is what I do but I love what I do I mean I love uh, there's nothing like being on stage with your guys and your fans and um, and I get to do stuff uh, you know there's there's work but yeah like I went hiking yesterday in, in the Black Hills in the mountains outside of Rapid City South Dakota and I was in Billings Montana two days ago uh, hiking through just beautiful um, mountains around there or hills around there and just and I just tell her this stuff. I'm not trying to hide it from her. I'm like, I, I know it's raining all weekend in Nashville, and here I am, like in like 75 degree weather in like Montana, probably my one of my favorite states in the whole country. And 
So when I come home, I just, I'm ready for battle, man. I'm ready to like help out in any way I possibly can. I wake up every morning at 4.44 so I can go get my workout in, be done by 6, and be home like ready to be fully engaged in like the drama of having three kids and three dogs and all the work that goes into trying to make that house, you know, run great and, and uh, everyone have great days. So I owe her a lot. She, it's, if I ever were to win an award, um, the only reason I would love to win one was <laughs> If I ever were to win an award. If Keith Urban and I ever do win an award. Um, <laughs> I'd want to go up there just to thank her because it's incredible, man. She, it's, it's, it's hard, man. Um, any, all moms out there, any, any parent, um, that's the hardest gig, man. You know, you, I know how hard you work. It's insane. Your, uh, your work ethic. And I, I, you know, I work really hard too, but I think when you, that, when you have kids, like it's a whole nother level because there's such a responsibility there. I mean, you're basically growing this creature and your input is so important and you don't, ever get a break. I mean, you're, you're, it's 24 seven. You don't even sleep because someone's having a nightmare. Someone might have peed the bed. You know, you hear a sound dogs barking. It's just, it's so it's 24 seven. It's so hard. So unless you're gone for three days and it's like you get a vacation. Oh, for me, yeah. I'm not saying for me, I'm saying yeah. for her. No, for me. Yeah. It's like, I gotta, you know, it's kind of like pulling the ripcord and you get to go on the road. It's, you're out there and you can get stuff done and you can choose to either you know, party or work out or, you know, there's a lot of freedoms with that. So, um, yeah, I just try to be really transparent with her and honest about what I'm doing and, and she's super supportive at the same time. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough. I get to get that break. You mentioned a minute ago in 2008, when you said your career stalled mm, nine, yeah, eight or nine, because right now we see you as the guy who has, you're now in the, a, it's hard to get in the A group. You're in the A group. You're now in the A group. I think you're a recent addition. Yeah. If we're just yeah. speaking frankly, to the, you're a recent addition to the A group. Yeah, I'm cool. B plus, maybe. I, you're you really are in the. I would tell you if you weren't. B plus plus. You're in the. You're in the. You're in the A group. Like you, you're in that mix of. Is he going to be in the Entertainment of the Year category? Now, mm. you, I, it's not. He's for sure going to be nominated. Like you know, Luke is going to be nominated. Yeah. And probably going to win. Yeah. And he didn't win the ACM. Aldine did. But like you know, Luke's going to. But you're in that. Is he going to be in? And it's happened in the last couple of years. But it's but you're like the consummate grinder. Yeah, I've used that word a lot. It's like the hockey player that goes down there and not the slap shot guy from out top, not the fancy forward that's getting the, the sweet goals, but the guy that goes down the corner and digs the pucks out. You know, that's probably that's when I play hockey here in town in my little league, the beer league. That's kind of my role in real life on that hockey team. And uh, I think in my career, yeah, it's it's all about it's about grinding. My favorite quote um, is is uh, was written on a was a Calvin Coolidge quote, but it's about you know, persistence and determination, it's, you know, education and talent and genius can't take the place of persistence and determination. That is the, the key to my success for sure. And, um, I know probably for yours as well. I mean, I, there's no reason why I should be a country singer or a pilot, but you know, those are just things that, um, I, I wanted to do. And if you work harder than anyone else, um, you got a better chance at making that happen. What, what happened in 2008, 2009 in your mind yeah. that you, you took a step back? You know, I, I went out on the road with, um, I played a thousand dates on my own. I went out on the road with Kenny and then I went out on the road towards straight and I went back on the road with Kenny. And that's usually, that's usually the, the platform to jump off of, you know, that's where urban flats, everyone went through Kenny back when those, when we were starting off. And if you got the Kenny gig, boom, you were a couple years from there, you'd be headlining on your own. And, you know, we were really looking like in 2008, we'd be bringing out some video and it's going to be this kind of the groundswell. And really, uh, it's for, uh, you know, it's just the songs weren't there. That's what it comes down to. Um, I was writing pretty much all my own songs, uh, working a lot with uh, some uh, some friends of mine here in town, and and it's not their fault either. It's it's, it's nobody's fault. I'm so happy that things are where they are, but I think I discovered you can't 
tour. I think I was in my mind. I was trying to make albums that would um, be jet fuel for the for touring. Like, how can this album? How can this song lead to headlining? And let's and you know, I need I need the song to help me get there. And that's just a terrible way to make records. And nothing against those records. Those records still sound like some of my or still some of my favorite sounding records. But as far as singles go and songs that are going to move the needle and really, uh, you know, and, and I feel like I just needed to reset. Um, I don't know, you know, I just, I was, you can only work so hard, man. I was working so hard on the road, touring nonstop, um, you know, jumping off stage. I'm stage diving. I'm pulling fans up. I'm just, you know, known as the hardest working man in, in country music. We did like 41 shows in 45 days one time. I mean, I'm out there all the time. And then I'm trying to rush back here and make records. And then go back out there again. It just, it just doesn't, it just doesn't work that way. So, I was on the road in 2008 or nine with Paisley, and uh, so I, I tried my headlining thing. It just wasn't working. So I was like, okay, retreat. Brad was uh, had a chance to go out with Brad, and I was on that tour, and uh, I was opening for him. And there's just a lot going on, on that tour. We weren't really getting a chance to sound check, um, and it was just the the vibe of my band just crashed it was kind of the, the tour that just everyone just like you know we're just only playing for 45 minutes and it's just the songs weren't really there and I just was like in the back of my bus one day and I, I remember thinking I'm gonna make a bluegrass record I'm gonna make a bluegrass record and a country record and just I need to get creative that's what I kept thinking is I need to get creative because when you're on when you're in that opening slot especially after you've headlined for a little while it's tough to go back and just do 45 minutes of the same show every night you know, you're trying to make the most of that 45 minutes, so you kind of get locked into doing the same show, and it just killed all of us. So, um, I left and made uh, ended up making just just a bluegrass record, and uh, it really. And I went back in the process of making that, being off the grid, and not worrying about r- singles or touring or anything, just trying to make a great record that, that stood alone by itself and was existed just for for itself. Totally rechanged uh, my thinking, and um, you know, I started looking around people like Miranda Lambert and. You know, she only writes half her album, if even that, you know, and, and Lady A and these people at the time were like, you know, they're collecting great songs. You know, they they came to realize that after your second album, you can't write an entire album. You just There's no time. You're touring all the time. You're so many other responsibilities. I, I had, you know, I was married at this point with kids, too. So the Bluegrass record, you know, I was working with a guy named John Randall. Um one of my best friends and he was bringing me great songs from Christofferson and Buddy Miller and just we started making a collection of of an album that had my input but also had songs that kind of rounded out what I was trying to say or the feel of the album and I carried that on with working with Ross Copperman into the next couple albums and uh, really trying to make albums that don't worry about touring don't worry about anything who cares just make a great record and um, and one of the great things now I don't know about A-lister but where I am in my career is there's the better off you are at doing touring and, and the more you have those fans, the more freedom you have to say, who cares? Let's make the record you really want to make. I feel like that's why Keith is, um, is making like his best records. Keith Urban's records to me just get better and better each time because I feel like he's even more like, I don't care. I'm going to make great music that makes me happy, that I like, and hopefully you like it too, but there's no, there's no math behind it. You know, It's just totally, it's pure art. He didn't have to worry about where is he going to get his next meal? You know, he's just making great records. And I feel like there's, on both ends of the spectrum, when you're first starting off and you're so hungry, and then when you get to a place where you have a little bit of success and you have that freedom that it brings you, you can really make your best records. And I feel like that's what's happening now. Yeah. I'm not sure that I answered your question, but... Yeah, you and Keith get along pretty well? I love him, man. Me too, right? he's, It's hard for me to be friends with him because I just have so much respect for him. It's like, we're, we're good friends. But at the same time, I'm like, you're Keith Urban. 
It's yeah. almost it's almost like why do you? This is the, the feeling I have with him because him and I are closer than him and than me and other. Artists. Yeah, and he's one of the guys that I like, and we'll talk to off the show. But it's like I was like, why do you want to be friends with me? He, like you're so smart. Yeah, and he you're is. so talented, and you're so rich. Like everything about you is way better. That why would you want to be friends with me? That's how I feel with him. He is, um, for me, I, yeah, he's like a he's like a beacon. He's someone I look up to for advice on um, just for for lifestyle and management and, and how you approach things. And he's just he's so present, which is something I always you know that's my main thing with anything I do is trying to be as present as possible in the moment that I'm in and he really is a true reflection of that I mean when you, when you speak to him when you talk to him he's so focused on what you have to say he's listening and uh, it's very uncommon in this business full of you know singers and people are trying to look at me and, and uh, you know are have like five seconds looking in your eyes and they're kind of thinking about the next thing he's just really focused and present and uh, has great advice and um, he's been through a lot so he can offer a, a, a good um good gems but whenever I see him it's usually on a Sunday uh, and we're doing something with our kids or something and I'm like coming off the road I'm just beat up my brain his brain's already functioning faster than mine anyway I'm coming off like no sleep I'm tired I'm trying to make conversation with him I'm like hopefully I see you one day and I'm not like just pure, so exhausted because it'd be fun to talk like have an actual real conversation I take a take a water take a drink of water here talk about 1-800-Flowers for a second mm. when, when you do one of these shows you'll have to learn I've used them these. You have used I've used one eight hundred flowers. One eight hundred flowers is giving our listeners right now an exclusive thirty six for thirty six offer. Thirty six sorbet roses for thirty six bucks. It's a dollar per rose. So you just pick your delivery date, and one eight hundred flowers will handle the rest because Mother's Day is coming up, and there's like your mom, your yeah. aunt, your mother in law, your girlfriend. No, because no. she's not a mom of a kid. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mother's Day, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, Mother's Day. I was trying to catch you there. No, no, no. Um, slip up on stunning strawberry rose is the perfect way to surprise all the moms in your life, your wife, all those people. Uh, re- refreshing mix of all those colors, like pastels. One hundred flowers are picked at their peak and shipped overnight to ensure freshness. Thirty-six strawberry roses for thirty-six dollars, but it expires on Friday. If you hear this right now, the one eight hundred flowers one hundred percent smile guarantee. So call. 1-800-Flowers.com slash bones. 1-800-Flowers.com slash bones. And again, the offer is Friday, 1-800-Flowers.com. And be sure to put bones in and get the deal. And again, Mother's Day. You don't want to miss Mother's Day. for You can even impress like your your mother-in-law. So there's that. You have Mother's Day coming up for you. I know, you man. Have, I, didn't, I didn't realize that. I'm glad you did that commercial. That's great. Your, your head starts spinning. Yeah, yeah. I need did to. you watch... Um, so speaking of Keith, did you watch Big Little Liar? Big Little Liars. I need to. I know Ross loves it, man. He's freaking out about it. every time we write. He's like talks about it. Everyone's talking about that that, that that show. I've only seen like half the first episode, and it just so it hasn't hooked you yet. No, I need to get it into it. It took me two episodes. Yeah, I've seen it all now. I know. Don't tell him I need to see it. I wouldn't tell you. I, I'm uh, not a. I, you know what? I'm just not watching. I'm just now watching Friday Night Lights. Which is like ten years old. I've I'm never way, seen Friday Night Lights. It's so good, but I'm so. And it takes me a while like, to, to get into things. Like that's that's a ten year old show. I'm just not getting into it. But I, I think I would love it. Yeah, but it's like there are so many new good. There's shows. There's so much out right now. I know it's unbelievable. Well, we're good friends with Connie. She's like a good friend of ours, and I, my wife and Connie are great friends. And she's just one of my favorite people. And I always feel so bad that I hadn't really seen that show because it's so good. And she's her acting that is just unbelievable. But yeah, I need to check out Big Little Lies. It's it's incredible, right? So it's yeah, it's really yeah. good, I, but it's weird because again, I've gotten to know Nicole a bit. Yeah. But it's weird to see her naked on TV, and so I'm yeah. like, I kind of feel weird. I feel like I should turn my head when I no. see her boob because I'm like, 
She's an she's an actress, bro. That's what they do, man. They're able to somehow they're just it's them their their body's just a, a a tool to use to project their art, man. They don't look at it like we do. But again, I do like yeah. I do yeah. feel well, that way. Yeah. And shoot, man. It's just it's just, the whole thing's weird for me. Yeah. Well, I, I doubt it's weird for her, so don't. don't what about, about like okay? So let's say a music video. You got another girl in a music mm. video. That's not your wife. It's weird for me. Okay, I'm not an actor though. I mean, but I'm not talking about the acting part. Like, yeah. What about like the when you? I'll tell you a funny. So funny story. Um, there's I had a song called "Trying to Stop Your Leaving," um, and I did it with Trey Fanjoy, who's a great friend of ours, great video director, and we're shooting over in, in Chattanooga. And my I just got married. My wife's on the bus, and I was in there for the first shoot. All is a five thirty in the morning in this like two story motel in the middle. of of, uh, outside of Chattanooga and I'm in there there's the girls in there and Cassie comes in I told her to bring some clothes in off the bus for me to wear and she comes in and Trey goes oh no 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 this first scene is just going to be boxers and my wife's like my new wife's like okay and she walks out and goes back in the bus and Trey goes Dirks and this girl hi nice to meet you how you doing there's like three dudes around with like those kind of like porn cameras you know like yeah. the, they're just like the small yes. silicon van and like in this shady like <laughs> kind of pastel floral uh, bedspread kind of motel place Dirks this isn't come a little closer this isn't raining on Sunday this is effing alright and she put on Led Zeppelin go I'm with this girl I just got married she's like you know and Trey Trey's like oh Dirk okay if you're not gonna kiss her uh, will, will you lick his lick his chest and, and lick it like up towards his neck so like she's this girl's like licking me and I'm, I'm just like I'm not trying to do anything and like you know because I, I gotta go right back on the bus and tell my wife what just happened you know I can't I'm gonna lie about this it's gonna be on TV I go back on the bus and my wife's like so how'd that go I'm like well yeah it was uh, it was something and I think it was one of the last videos I did where it's not like I'm all I'll do whatever it takes to help to help the song not commercially but just, just the story you know the song is all that matters in this town it's all that matters to me and there's a video that, that can help tell that story better than I'll do whatever it takes you know I'll, I'll go anywhere or do anything but I'm just not an actor and I this there's a hot ground like you this have to Keith did a- too if you look at Keith's videos just recently did he start kind of going back into some acting stuff for many 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 years Keith would just play guitar and let the actors do the acting let the singer do the singing and make a great story video not try to do the whole thing and I, I have a lot of respect for that and it makes sense because I'm not very not a very good actor. If there's a hot girl licking your neck mm-hmm. and you're in your boxers, like she's how wearing, do you and cons- she's wearing like band aids. But how do you conceal your pasties? You know what? Just mind control, Jedi mind control. But it, I, I don't have, I don't have it. I yeah. want to have it. I know, no, I, and that's it's like I'm. You just have to like grandma in baseball, on. grandma baseball, yeah, toilets, yeah, it's toilets, toilets, like, toilets, grandma <laughs> baseball. <laughs> it's total, just like it's Jedi mind control. It's not going to happen. I can't let it happen. I have some songs here. Oh man, let's play some of this stuff. Uh, how about this one right here? But that crossed my mind a little too oh, late. I was Just give me a it's first thought that comes when you hear this stuff here. Brett Beavers, um, great songwriter here in town. Really, without Brett, I wouldn't have anything. He um, really took me under his wing as a writer, and I learned so much from Brett about writing. And this was back when, like, when we had like the shoebox tape recorders, you know, for, and and pen and paper. And, and he taught me how to write. One of the things he taught me was just to. You know, think out loud on paper. Don't talk the whole time when you're writing songs to somebody just to work on something. When you get an idea, maybe. But uh, and I remember playing that for Autumn House, who's uh, an AR at a Capitol. I found her outside Exit Inn. I grabbed my guitar, ran out to her to Exit Inn. She came out of there. I sat her down on my tailgate, played her that song acoustically. I was going to the studio the next day, and she's like, "Cut that song. That's a great song." So you run out to some pro- a prominent person here in town. And say, "Hey, stop! 
and have her watch you sing a song. She's an A&R. She still is over Capitol Records. And uh, and I, she was in a club, I think, at, uh, exiting and hearing, listening to somebody. And I texted her. I texted her. I called her. And she met me outside, and I played it for her acoustically, like outside the club. And because uh, I thought it was a could be a big hit. Oddly enough, I fought really hard for that not to be the first single. So, what did you want to be the first? A single? song called "Wish It Would Break," which is more of a country thing. Um, not, you know, it's about your wishing your your car steering would break because every song plays reminds you of your girl. Wishing this picture frame would break that keeps falling down, but you you don't have the heart to throw it away because it's a picture of the two of y'all. And the last verse is about wishing your heart would break, so you just move on. It's a great song, and I wrote that with Brett. Uh, but Duncan, Mike Duncan from Capitol, was like, "We're going with what was I thinking?" So, good and, call. You're, and you're glad he did. Yeah. All right, here we go. Come a little closer, baby. Kenny Chesney. Oh, makes me, when I hear that song, it makes me think of Chesney. I wrote that with Brett Beavers, uh, but Chesney said that was a song that, um, when he heard that come on the radio, that's the reason why he took me back out on the road with him again. Do you remember, man, and you do so many, I hate people do this to me too. No. But. I haven't heard that. I don't play that song live anymore, so I love hearing that. It's a great song. You don't play, come, oh yeah, you talk, yeah. yeah it's a little slow, but it's a great and song. And you say a little slow because you feel like it takes the crowd down. You know. You gotta make a roller coaster out there when you're on, on. You gotta find a way to take people on a ride, and you can only have. You gotta pick your. You know, our show is so high energy, and that's. But what makes the show great is, and what makes those high energy songs work is the real moments, and 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 that. And you can only have so many, and that song just there's just no room for that one right now. All right, how about this one? But your wheels just turn down the road. Oh man. Probably one of my favorite songs. Another song I don't do the live show anymore, but uh, I do it usually earlier the night in the acoustic show. But uh, when I think of that video, I think that song I do the video for because there's a scene where I'm getting rained on by a rain machine, and there, but you can tell there's no other rain like anywhere else behind it's me. It's like just coming on you. <laughs> yeah. It's like the cartoon whenever yeah. the guys having the bad day. But it's such a great video. There's just that one moment because you know if you're you, you care so much about the work you do. You're like, ah, oh, that one scene drives me crazy. But uh, Chris Hickey did that video. It's actually one of the best videos we ever did. And uh, that song is, um, I love that song, man. It's one of my favorite songs. But um, we, I usually do it. I do a pre-show acoustic performance for some folks. And I usually am doing that song because it's a good one. I went to uh, watch John Mayer a couple weeks ago. I know. How was that? I was Speaking I mean, of boners, did you get one? I did. Did it move I, a little I bit? I had it grew? one. It, the whole time? The whole day. I, yeah. It wasn't growing. I saw a picture of Mike. It, it moved a little it bit. It was fully the oh. whole time. Like it, <laughs> it, was like, <laughs> it was like Viagra Yeah, boner. you do, yeah. And so I went, now I didn't know what point I was going to get to. <laughs> wow, that's so funny, dude. I had actually, Love I, your I, honesty I, had, I genuinely had a point. Yeah. But, uh, but you went to see John Mayer. Come so for a slowdown. It was yeah, moments. I, I come back to it. <laughs> I have no idea where I was. That's like, so I amazing. I felt like I had a point. You did. You did. I... Who? Um, I don't know. Tell me about the song. I'll oh man. Back. Uh, I wrote that song and launched it alone the same day with Brett Beavers and a guy named uh, Steve Bogart. And uh, you know, it's a great song. I would say it's one of the songs that it could say more. I mean, if I was it, you know, it, it was a number one, but it wasn't like a. That was a lead single off an album, and it just really didn't do much. Uh, people still love that song. I still do it live, but I use that song for a lot of video content of like our life on the road. But that's a song that, if I'm being totally honest and critiquing myself, just didn't say enough. You know, the verses need to be more specific and, and more biting and more personal and more. Um, telling of who you are or the story you're trying to tell and just not so um, interchangeable. Uh, so that, that, I love that song, but I, if I was listening to it, that's one thing I, every song you put out, 
I put up from this point on has to be like say something really impactful or, or you know every line has to be just perfect I know what it is I, I remember what it was yeah so I went to John Mayer and he had these packages that, he was, that they sell right and it was like I, I didn't buy one of them I'm lucky yeah. enough that I get to be just, oh yeah, the, 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 yeah I get to go hang out yeah and so but it was like if you're a super fan, you could pay like yeah. 800 bucks Whoa, and you okay. could go walk backstage and get like a banana and touch John's. I don't know. What do you do? Yeah. Is there a little tour where you get to see yes. stuff? There's a t- it's, yes. And Childhood you pay, guitar. And- you pay hundreds and hundreds yeah. of dollars to do that. Yeah. And then you get you meet him and whatever. Do you do that part of it where you're like pay? Because it is worth yeah. something to get the experience. We do a thing where you pay extra $900, but you pay and you come back to the rooms. You get, you get to come in before anybody else. There's beer and alcohol and some food and oh I've seen that room yeah and there's like a little photo booth you should charge more should I I saw people just paying money out the butt for mayor you know it's a tough thing you don't you want to keep your ticket price as low as possible and 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 that's the whole thing out there like one of the things I stole from think about from Garth Brooks is those low ticket prices man that's the coolest thing you want to keep them low that's not the ticket though that's that's where the rich people but if you want to like yeah if you want to like you know if I go to see if I were to go to see U2 or something they offered like some sort of like backstage Thing I would want that because I'm a super fan, you know. Or, um, but yeah, it's, and it, I think for the fans that want it, it's a cool deal because we 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 do a lot. It used to be just me by myself and guitar, but the guys in my band, they're sitting around. They're like, it, one guy Ben started playing with me on the guitar because he's like, I don't have anything to do. I'd, I'd love to go pick. And then Cassidy came out and started playing bass and a, and a kick drum. And then Dan brought his fiddle. It's like a full show now. And we play like 40 minutes. It's like a really fun. That's why your voice sucks on Monday because you're playing six shows in three days. Yeah, well, yeah, we're and we do a lot of like backstage just kind of playing as well so it's kind of fried but it's for them it's really fun it's really it's really it's what's cool about it is it's acoustic um I mean, it's plugged in but it's acoustic and it's i'm taking requests we're telling jokes i'm telling stories and it's it's long it's my it's only supposed to be 15 minutes but it ends up being like sometimes like 30 40 minutes you ever i know in the nashville show you got really sick before the show and yeah I, can't, I think i can't no i did the acoustic thing that night but it was a little bit of a stretch i'm not even gonna say i was just like how do you do because i remember talking to you before the show and you're like i have a, literally have an iv bag you took a picture of the you had water yeah, yeah you were hooked up yeah the needle did, in you i did an iv and I did a steroid at 12 and a steroid at six it's like your worst nightmare like you just play nashville playing your hometown show and it's like to have no voice uh is it's it's it was a i it makes me like get the heebie-jeebies just thinking about that moment it, was, it ended up being a great night it was such it was so cathartic that actually when your voice starts working you're like wow I'm going to make it this is going to happen but leading up to it that whole day was was terrible but um, I was able to do the acoustic deal and um, I just had to cancel some meet and greets and stuff Mike how loud's the mower coming through the microphones you can't there's, there's something we're in no, my yeah, house yeah, I know and so it's and my name listen what would you do in this situation that's what great views up here by the way oh the windows dude the, I oh, love can it you see? oh yeah you can't see yeah, it yeah. this is the cool it's the top floor so it's cool yeah so but my neighbor let me tell you what would you do in this situation I don't even know if you have neighbors Are you, you know, I got neighbors bro okay yeah. Come on. so they have trash cans <laughs> yeah and they're this neighbor I live in a nice house but this neighborhood is still growing yeah so it's all different kinds of houses yeah and so there's no HOA because it's not like a super great neighborhood. No, I mean I love where you live. It's, I, you know, you're you're just part of the the, the, the gang over here. Yes, you're not secluded and at all. That, so I'm just part of the crew. Uh, I thought there might be a gate or something. There was a there was a there was a one point. I had a gate at one point when I moved here. They made me go to, and have a security a secured place in my contract because of you know just getting jumped. Yeah. Stuff. So I lived there and I lived downtown. That place flooded. Let me get to my point here. My girlfriend was out and my neighbor comes over to the house and starts and knocks on the door. And Lindsay's here, and she's like, yeah, hello. She goes, hey, your trash cans are – when, when it storms, they dump over. 
And so there's like cardboard, and we don't like that. So she was like, okay, great. So my girlfriend like t- gets bungee cables and straps them to the wood and like to whatever. So then my neighbor is, sends a note to her because she gives her – she's like, hey, if you need anything, here's my cell phone number. The, 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 right. Can I sound, yeah, right there. Okay. And so she, my neighbor sent a text to her going, hey, do you need a lawn service? And I was like, you got to be kidding me. She texted no, – The neighbor texted it, Lindsay. No, we're good. Thanks. What would you wow. have done? Because my listen, my yard wasn't in the best shape, but it, it was just now lawn mowing time. Dude, I would let that grow. I I would just let it grow. What are you talking about, man? Me, Get I out felt of here. that way. That, she that would, talked me out of it. That would really, that would that would not rub. That would not sit well with me. Like just you do you, I'll do me. And no. my dog has to have a backyard too. So I thought about mowing like one little square for him and letting <laughs> Great, the rest dude. grow up. Yeah, you should. But you know, everybody kind of leaves everybody alone over here. Yeah, man. Thanks, Mike. Do you is that a weird thing for you that people know where Dirk Bentley lives? You know, um, I struggle with that a little bit, but it's it's all good. I mean, country music fans are so we're lucky. You know, not are, fans, neighbors. Oh, uh, no, we're pretty. I'm walking my dogs, and and the kids are riding the street, and everyone's everyone's pretty cool about. It. I mean, it's yeah, it's no, it's not a problem for me. Anybody else famous live by you? Um, no. Big gate. I've never been over to your house. No gate. No gate. People say I should get a gate, but I don't have a gate. Hmm. Yep. Your kids old enough to have like go karts? I get the buses drive by a little bit and stuff like that. Like the what buses? No, it's country and western tour buses. They come by your house and say that's yeah, where Dr. Bentley lives? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm out. It used to be like six, seven times a day. I'm out. Well, you gotta get, I don't think they can get around up here, but um, yeah, they you, come by a little bit. You know, there those folks in there, they're all, it's all good people. No, no, it is all good. 99.9%. I like our listeners are the greatest, but it's when you get that one point, that oh 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 point one percent of person yeah. who. I have. Like I should say too. I have a lot of security features, and I have guns as well too. I mean, I, we're I, we're I'm recording stuff. I can't um, believe lights. these things drive by your house. They come by, you know. Like yeah. I would call them at their work and be like, "Hey, listen, no, I never, let's not do this." There's a time I was. I, you got those thoughts like I'm gonna put like nails in the road or something. It's, I don't no, no, I never had that thought. Like, or, for, or honestly, like, I never had the thought of putting nails in the road. <laughs> well, I, I've, I've gone, I've gone dark, I've gone dark before, but I, we're at a place in my life now. I'm like, it's all, it's, it's all good, but um. You could go the other direction well as well and do like what guys like Bud Pierce, a uh, big country singer in the 60s, he used to have buses stop at his house and sell him pool water. He would literally jar up like a little bar. Let us pool. For $5, you can have some Bud Pierce pool water. So there's that, you know, if this doesn't work out for me, you know, maybe I'll start selling out some, uh, well, I don't have a pool. I'll start selling uh, some grass clippings, speaking of, of uh, yards. You're I a- love Blue Apron. Oh, that's the next. Oh. Dude, I use that all the time. Are you lying? I swear to God. I yeah. have a box because it comes like twice a week for the me. The big box. It's kind of a waste. Oh, I don't want to go on. Dirk is doing the Blue Apron. So, okay. Uh, I'll talk about Blue Apron I want to talk about Blue Apron. Then right? I want to talk about you two for a all second. Right, um, so, Blue Apron. You get it, honestly? I honestly Can get Blue you Apron. Tell, what is Blue Apron? It's a, it's, well, I like veg, some of the vegetarian options. Yeah. Um, that's my wife's vegetarian. But it's just a, a food delivery service that comes in a box. It's cool. And it has a bunch of, like, it's cold. Has has ice packets in there and um, has a bunch of different like food options. They're pretty easy to make if you're not you very do good cook. Use blue apron. That's good. Yeah. Look at this guy over here. He Dirk's is like us. I'm not a very good cook. I make mostly PB and J sandwiches and spaghetti, but with blue apron. I'm able, actually able to follow the instructions and put together a pretty good meal. It's like he's reading the page. <laughs> so listen, not all ingredients are created equal. Fresh, high quality ingredients make mm. the difference. And so 
Blue Apron's affordable too. If you're on a budget like Dirk says, for less than 10 bucks per person per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes with pre-portioned ingredients. Like he says, and there's a card too that actually tells me how to make – without the card, I would make nothing. Yeah, I would know no. how to make nothing, and yeah. I can make these crazy meals. If you're a vegetarian or I, – I like some of the seafood stuff too. Yeah. But uh, the card tells you how to do it, and they deliver. Right now, check out this week's menu. You get the first three meals for free with free shipping. BlueApron.com slash Bobby. BlueApron.com slash Bobby. And so I get – do you have to cook? Do you ever? Do you put the kids' lunches together ever? Uh, my wife does does lunches in the morning, or we we'll do we tag team. This is a it's a it's a full on tag team session in the morning. Uh, so everyone's kind of doing a little bit of everything, but it seems like she usually makes the PB and J sandwiches. Like what's a two? Because everybody knows you as the guy that does the music, but what's a Tuesday like for you? Get up at four forty four. It gives me one minute to gives me thirty seconds to complain and 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 talk about how I don't want to get up, and gives me thirty seconds to actually. Start thinking about the positives of how I feel after I work out. I go to the gym, do a group workout from five to to five fifty five. You do and, a group workout? Yeah. Do people stare at you and go, "There's Eric Bentley working no, out"? No, no, no. I don't know. That's all. No one cares. I mean, it's all. It's all good. Good. Everyone's there. People, people are working out at five o'clock in the morning. They don't care who I am. They're they're hardcore. I don't know how you say like I went to a yoga class just now and I was terrible. Right? I'm terrible at yoga. Right. I had three people. I'm embarrassed because I'm not good at it. I had three people come up to me and be like, "Hey, Bob, we're doing yoga," and I'm just humiliated because they right. watch me. They can't. Maybe you just don't good know. Human. No, I, I, I don't. That, that you know, it's all it's all just regular people and no one really. Again, it's a five o'clock in the morning. These people are not. They're there to work out. They're not really that that interested in who else is there. And it's a really hard workout. It's freaking exhausting. I get home and I, you know. Hopefully everyone's still asleep because um, they need to be asleep. But my house always has gotten up so early, and uh, we just you know try to get that morning time is kind of like that's kind of like some people have family dinner for us. Like breakfast is like the time we're most together, doing stuff and and you know just trying to it's a dance with the food and the dogs and just trying to make the morning great and get out the door in positive spirits and get those guys uh, off to school. And then I come back and um, start working on stuff. But what, what does that mean working on stuff? Writing songs, you know. Right now, I'm trying to work on another record, so I'm writing with, uh, like tomorrow, I'm writing with Casey Bethard and Jaron Johnson, and, and um, but you know, uh, and just trying to catch up on on life that I've missed from being uh, from being on the road. Um, so that's pretty much what Tuesday morning looks like, you know. Then and trying to catch up with Cast too, you know, doing stuff with her, just dumb stuff. I don't know, just running errands, you know, going to get some more groceries or stuff. I don't know, taking someone's shoe to get fixed at the shoe store. Uh, uh, just stuff, man. Will you write with somebody else for them at this point, or are you just writing for yourself? I just write for myself. I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm enough writer to write for other people. I'd love to get a cut from somebody else, but I think, hey, when I see someone else, right? When I see another artist's name on a song, my first thought is like, how come this song wasn't good enough for you, but you're pitching it to me, you know? And second, I don't. I I just I don't have the time, and I don't think I'm. I, I mean, I if I'm writing with guys like. John Knight and Ross Copperman every day. I'm sure I could you know, get something cut by somebody else because those guys are on fire. But I just write for me. I asked because I guess three or four days ago you texted me like, "Hey, let's all let's write. Let's me and you and Ross yeah. write." And I was like, "What did I say? Did, did, you can test exactly what I said back to you. You said, "Hey, let's write." What was my response? You said, "No, I'm not good enough or something." Like that. I said, "I don't deserve to have to sit and write with Dirks and Ross." That's like, that's the. I only do anything. I would never. Do, I only do stuff now at this point in my career that like interests me. It excites it excites me. That it's fun. And the idea of you, me, and Ross in a room writing would just be really fun because he's such a positive guy. But there's so many awesome so good. people in this town that you could write. Like, why, that's what I was like. I was like, no, hey, I we don't. Could get des- we could get something really great. It'd be, it'd be really, 
We could get something really good. But I don't deserve that. It's not about deserve. Of course you deserve it. You don't, we, don't, we don't deserve anything we're doing. We, we deserve everything we're well, doing. Well, we work for it and make it happen. And This is know. our Jake moment. Ready to fight? I... <laughs> 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 Oh, you know what I mean. You deserve to be that. Why would you not deserve to be in that room? Because not to do that. I mean, you're on stage by yourself doing comedy, which is probably sounds like the living like that sounds like hell to me. That sounds like like my. It doesn't sound like hell. You've said before you want to do it. And I was like, dude, come out. I, I can never minutes. do that. I tell two or three jokes on stage, and they usually bomb. And I usually say, okay, I'll get back to the singing. Thanks <laughs> for listening. So, but I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think it's a matter of deserve. It's just a matter of it'd be fun. You say you're a U2 super fan. House, mm. Is that your favorite band? I think it is. Yeah, I think it is my favorite band. What's your... I, I've, I've, I have a rule. Your favorite band, your favorite song from them can't be a huge radio song. Oh, gosh. Uh, so, Peace but, on Earth. No, no, no. I'm asking what's your favorite song. I should have told you the rule no, before I told you I'll that. I'll say for them probably a song called Peace on Earth. Why? Um, God, it's just how... It's kind of a really morbid song, but it's just about how there's never really will be peace on Earth. Oh, you got Oh, I got it all up here. I have whatever. Whatever. That's, you that's my favorite record right there. From Gosh, all, man, all that you all can't, can't leave, leave behind. behind. Yeah. Um, Let me get this on this computer. I got it going through Alexa right now. You have an Alexa? Kite is so good too. Gosh, play kite. Well, hold on. It's like a, a song for your kids. Mike, what's happening over here? What, what, what button did I not push right? This computer. It's playing a little bit. Can you hear it? Oh, there it is. Is that peace on earth? Yeah. Wait, wait, wait the volume's too. Low. I mean. There we go. Okay, we're good. If I had to pick on that list right there, it'd probably be it'd probably be Kite. This is a later U2 record, though. And this is yeah. your favorite, huh? Because I remember playing I this on the like, radio. Right, you hit me like, I have to go back and, I mean, if I could pull up. Oh. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's so good. Yeah, I, I think what I love about them is just their energy as a band. When you watch them play, it's like. How many shows have you been to? Not that many. I've been, More uh, than five? Uh, I've probably been to four. You met Bono? Yeah, I have. Really? Yeah. He Jeez. said my name at the national show. I had dinner with him the night before. And, uh, oh, wow. Yeah, it was pretty uh, It was pretty amazing. Let's do this, because we do this on the show. Center. Biggest name dropper story. Because I don't know if it gets bigger than Bono, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... That one does not count, because I'd like to hear more about that. But let's take Bono out of the mix. Yeah. Biggest name dropper story. Um, Gosh, man. I mean, I don't have that many famous, like... No, no, the cool... You do. You have to. I, I have cool ones. I mean, give me like one of yours. Let me think about it for a second. Like, um, okay, I'll give you as you think about it. So, say, I went to a, yeah, yeah. I, I don't care. I, yeah. I've talked about these. I went to Augusta with John Legend. Yeah, and we, st- you know, there were four of us. Wow, and it was me, Andy Roddick, John Legend, and another buddy. We just we we were there for two days, hanging out, yeah. watching golf. And I was, and I don't, I've mentioned it because I don't like, but it's that's a pretty cool. And we I, sat around the house for two days, hanging out. I had, a, I had a glass of wine with Phil Mickelson one time at the at speaking of golf at um Sog at down in the. That's not that's not that cool. I know Peyton Manning's a friend. That, that count. That's cool. Okay, okay. friend. Peyton so, Manning's. I went fish, I went fishing all day long with Peyton Manning up in uh, northern uh, Canada, the British Columbia. We fished uh, for like gigantic fish for half the day. So that'd be my biggest probably. What's Manning like? He's totally cool. Yeah. So he's just like the guy in the Papa John's commercial. Man, he's like laid back and funny and good stories and easy to be around. And I had dinner with Eli once. Yeah. At Peyton's Super Bowl. Which one? In Miami. I went with right. Archie, Eli, and and um, Cooper. Yeah. 
because Peyton was playing. Yeah. And so we went and had dinner the night before. I, yeah. And I just remember Eli being so big and like, he doesn't look big on TV. Is he big? He's a, yeah. Those guys are monsters. Yeah. I mean, Peyton's a monster. Peyton saw, and we, I, I actually watched the very first game of the year this last year with Peyton in a, in a suite in Denver. And we were watching. It was uh, so you guys are real friends. Like you would call Peyton. Uh, yeah, I text with him a little bit. Yeah. Um, is, uh, do, you, do you still get nervous texting him? No. Like like he's gonna judge you. Like your text has to be right on. No, no. I do know. This. I know. Because like, there are a couple people I feel like that with. I'm like, oh, right timing. Don't do it too often. Yeah, not so too late. Things. And do you respond to their text? They're, you know, do you, do you, and do you respond right back right away, right, or do you give bit, it a second? Or, it's, or, or you respond knowing they're not gonna respond back. That's okay because you're kind of in fear in this relationship. Um, that's a funny one though like who do you have that relationship because I can tell you mine too like who do you have that relationship with where it's like I have their number and- well certainly with him with, with, with Bono I like I, I, I texted him I mean I used to like that's another one like I kind of I kind of manifested that, that meeting him because I used to like carry I saw him play one time in, in all places in, in Hawaii I, I finished his- Eddie went and saw Pearl Jam and, and you two together in Hawaii was it the same that's, show or no I went to that show yeah, yeah. yeah. it was in 2007 and uh, I, had this, I had a CD in my back of my jeans because I was like, I know I'm going to meet him tonight. I'm going to pitch him this song because I want to get him to Wait, sing Wait, you wanted to pitch a song to I wanted, I wanted him to sing on, sing on my record, yeah. And I finally made that. I actually finally, uh, there's a song on my last record called uh, Here on Earth and I sent it to him and, and he wrote back, this is a, you know, he's one of those guys who can just say like in, in three lines, every line is like so profound. It's like so well written and just he's on a different level. And I, uh, of course, emailed back this long thing but hey, we're coming to Ireland. Let's go to Go to we'll go to a pub and get some all this stuff, beers and stuff. Yeah, I didn't get that response, but he's I think he's pretty busy. But uh, um, yeah, those I know what you're talking about. I'm trying to think of the give me give me one more because mm. it's like you you have to look at the time on your clock. Yeah, you're like okay, you figure is he eating dinner with his family? Will a text bother his dinner with his family? Is does he even want right. to hear from me? I know, like like the, the you know, I we were just talking about this, we were just talking about this at, at family supper on the road yesterday. But Steve Missmore, our drummer. He's like, I think I've kind of fangirled James Neal a little too much, who's the hockey player for the Preds. He's like, yeah, I'm kind of like, I don't know him that well, and I keep texting him like, great game, great game. You're so awesome. And he's like, I think i got to back off a little bit. I was like, yeah, let me text him. Like, That's funny. I texted him, he like, and he wrote me back. But uh, yeah, everyone is guilty of that too, a little bit, but I can't think of anyone. You got nobody else you're going to add to the list? No. I'm trying to, man, I'm, I'm terrible at texting. I've been like on a, I've bought a flip phone. I love iPhones and I'm, I love Apple and I, we live for them. But I'm like, that's why I was telling you how much I love your show. Like, this is such a great idea, this podcast, because I'm, I'm, oh, so oh, good. No, I hate it. I, uh, I've been like trying to do like one day a week where I'm just on my flip phone for the whole day and it's so hard. But it's just like, I am so over, you know, it's a love hate relationship with the technology. It was, and even with texting, I text so many people, but like, that's not really. Is that really? I mean, we're keeping up, but is that really? I'd rather have an hour conversation with somebody and have like a real conversation. But is it better than nothing? Because at Maybe. the pace that you're going, I have people always go, oh, "Our phones are in the way. Our phones are in the way." One of our phones are actually keeping us two people that we would never talk to. It's true, but My, I, I do feel like so. I have kids now too, though. So I I know there's guys out there in Silicon Valley. They're geniuses. They spend their whole lives thinking about it. how can I make an eight year old completely addicted to this device? And these are smart, smart people working with unlimited funds and on their coding all the time and my daughter gets on an iPad and is completely hooked to some game and she's just an experiment to these people same with Instagram the stuff they got going on where you try to keep the streak alive you know how, how many days in a row have you t- texted this you know whatever Instagram this person it's like it's, it's all geared towards we're, we grew up without 
this stuff so our brains had a chance to function but when you see it through your kids and how it's just not right man so I have to lead by example if I have my phone out it just takes once once or one or two times for your kid to go dad you know so sorry uh, you just feel like the worst person so I don't even take that phone in the house like I just I'm all I have a flip phone my wife has the number Mary has the number and it's like if they, anyone needs me and my wife you know they, they can get in touch with me but it's the freedom is, is unbelievable but yeah as far as friends go you know, I've been emailing more. I just like, I am better off on email. I will write longer emails. Just do it through that. Cause I got to sit down and not just constantly be just like on that thing. It drives me crazy. Do your kids do that? I didn't mean to bring it today. I meant to bring my flip phone, but I forgot it. They do in-app purchases, like where they buy the things inside the game and then you get the bill and you're they like, whoa. No, no. And they, they, then they don't do iPads. They only get iPads on the weekends and not that much, but they'll, um, every, everything has to come through me. So I have to, I'll have to approve whatever she gets, but she, there's no buying anything. It's just these little games they buy. They get for free that these people out there pumping and then they yeah they want to buy all the stuff inside of it we don't do any of that but it's scary man I hate it I hate it for kids man I, I, well, I wish they could grow up in a place we had the same thing though. our parents were thinking us oh, like look at these guys with their cordless phones different and but it's different it's just like the music and everybody's like well the music's different now. but with a phone man the technology wasn't changing every day every single day they're doing software updates on your phone to make it more addictive every day every, there's guys right now you're, just, you're not Bobby Bones you're experimental Five, six, seven, two. This dude, like, they know and exactly. So is what, they everybody know when you're, they know that's buying your record, and so is everybody that's streaming your music. I they like are streaming. too. We're all looking at data from everything else and creating our own lives. From I know, but man, I don't know. That's I just that's why I love this podcast. I feel like it's just so much better than being out than, than texting, man. I just, and did you listen to the Ross Copperman one? The whole thing, yeah. That is funny. I yeah, like that dude. I love. It. I learned more. I, I, was, I learned more about Ross. From your podcast, and I and I've known Ross now since you know since I cut tipping on back. I mean, I learned more from that that interview. It's great. I mean, that's what I've been doing in my truck now is just driving around, listening to your podcast, and telling about Tim Ferriss and some other people. It's like these. It's such. I need to retool my brain because it's getting, it's bad, especially if you're a musician on the road. I mean, the, the damn iPhone. It's just like you know, we have a there's a funny uh, Instagram hashtag called band band members on phones, and it's just like I took one the other day from we were up at this beautiful landscape in the middle of you know, South Dakota in the Black Hills and taking a self timer shot and two of my guys are on their phone. It's like, <laughs> dude, we look around for one second. But it's just, you know, you're eating dinner, catering and just like, but think of all the phone. relationships you're oh, keeping at, because uh, of that. Derek Jeter's dating uh, oh, Madonna. That's so cool. Do you, oh, it's like, you know, I know stuff. I don't want to know about anybody else. I don't want to know what is going on. I want to know like what's happening to people that I care about. So, I don't know. I got my relationship with technology is really it's something that has to be maintained all the time, and especially once you get, get kids. It really it's like. It but that's a different story. Of, I can't argue about the kids. I don't have any kids. Yeah, you don't want them on it, dude. Especially girls. It's just I don't think it's a fair medium for for girls in general. All the dating apps and stuff. It's just. Who else? Let's stay out of the format. Yeah, because you get into a little mess here when you go. Okay, who do you like? Who else do you listen to out of the format? So you love you too. Who else you like? I mean, Bruno Mars is. He's that's unbelievable. Uh, Why is he unbelievable to you? He just has more talent. I mean, for performance-wise, the guy just has—he's just so good. You know, the rest of us up there, those country singers up there on stage without our guitars and doing stuff. You know, I'm trying to feel the flow of a song, and he's just like in his pinky. You know, just he has more moves right there than the rest of us have. Like, this guy's got it, man. And his songs are so good, man. There was a time he came and did our show. Six years ago or so, yeah. right? And so, not 
There yeah. you were talking about that. Yeah, so he, he was awesome. doing the bit where he could do any song. Yeah. Period. He was like, name a song. And I was like, okay, I the Tiger. And he plays I the Tiger. He's like, what else? So he's a jukebox? Jukebox. He is. And, and he, he did uh, Tina Turner. Yeah. And he was just nailing them. And I was, and I was like, dude, what's, what's... He's like, well... Because he grew up in a family band. Yeah. He was like the I youngest kid. And they were yeah. all, all... His whole family, they were all a band. He was like... They were like Elvis impersonators. And so he had all the the skill set. Yeah. And he's also super good and super smart. And he's like... Did he do the Disney's... School stuff. Did you go through that like that? No, no, I don't think he was one of the. No, he I don't think he's one of those kids. He wasn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just there's a video. Of Bruno, if you Google Bruno Mars on the Bobby Bone Show, yeah, he crushes. He did Michael Jackson. He did um like Billy Jean. He's like Bum, yeah, yeah. Uh, ooh, uh. And so he's playing with the guitar. He's like, oh, she was more like. Be. And he's just crushing every song. So good. He's just it. He's just got that thing, man. And, and now he's a superstar. He is a superstar. Man. It's it's fun to watch like though. It's it's even fun to watch it now here in the country world to watch and actually like be a part of people's careers and see them go from just somebody who's yeah. getting a deal or yeah. somebody who had doesn't have a deal yet. Like, you know, one of my first people here that I actually met and she was just a kid. It was Kelsey. Yeah, I know. I remember and, her being on your show singing an acoustic version of uh, the girl crush or something. I don't know. Maybe I don't Kid about, she was on the show every week. Yeah. I mean she didn't even have a song. But I just remember talking to her and she was she's had a publishing deal. And it's been cool to watch some of these artists like grow and she's you know got four number ones she's now. Awesome, and man. it's like she, uh, it's like now she's a star, but you've been able to see so so who did you see early on where you're like, Oh man, like I, I I'm not even that I wasn't that good when I started and they're gonna be all a these, superstar. I mean, all these guys, I feel like Thomas Rhett, uh you know, he just has like Man, I I mean, I got my deal when I was twenty six, twenty seven. I I'm such a late bloomer. I didn't have anything really figured out. And even when I got you know married and was just out there on the road and like trying to like grapple with like how to make these things all work. These guys make it look so effortlessly. I mean, Thomas with and Lauren and, and he's balancing. He's he's got it going. I want, I went. I actually got him saying with him the other night when he played down here at the sand and after the game, right? Like yeah, Preds. Yeah, and. uh He's just got the shows tight. He's so good up there. He's he just knows what he's doing, and his personal life as well is really like balanced and it's integrated into his like his his um, his career. And uh, he just he's got a lot. He's, he's way way further ahead than I was like mentally developed as far at that age. It's I remember incredible. last year he played iHeart Country Festival, and and I'd seen him because I don't get to see a lot of you guys on the road because yeah. I'm also out on the road. Yeah, or like I'm just tired. And it's like, what am I going to do? Travel to, to New Hampshire to watch you guys play? Yeah. Like, I just watch you go over to the house. Like, or, yeah. It's so I don't get to see yeah. shows that often. And, and that's not, that's kind of a, that's like a televised kind of situation. It is. Yeah. But he played a full set and I haven't, and did, I hadn't yeah. seen TR in forever, right? Yeah. So it was, so I went up to him after the show and I was like, dude, like, it, it, it was next level. He had grown so much yeah. and was so freaking good. Yeah, he did. You know, I, I it was like best, kids do the darndest we, things. Is what I told him. It was like that show. It was like it's like I watched a kid. Yeah, just like grow up. We, I, I was with him when he really was making this transfer, which he recently made with his music from Fear of Jesus and some of the you know kind of breaking away. And we were on the road together, and he was talking about his new record, and he was talking about how he was. I mean, he was nervous, man. I think he's about to have a, a nervous breakdown because he really was going for a different sound and just trying different stuff. And a lot of people, you know, transferring away from kind of the. The thing he was doing, the Georgia boy stuff, into this person he is now, and a lot of haters, you know, hating on him for the, the things he was going for, and 
and I was always so supportive because he he really was going for his his goal is high. He's not going for just he wants to he's competitive. And he wants to take down the, take down the top guys who are in his same you know league and or his, his 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 same crew. And um, he's like, I like that I got this one song. It's a love song. I think it's the only thing that's gonna save me in this album. There's no one's gonna like this album. This album be terrible. But I got this one song. It's a love song, and we'll see how it goes. And it was of course Die Happy Man, and it's gonna change everything for him. But he's he's dialing it in, man. It's fun to watch him like just keep getting it more and more figured out who he is and what he wants to do. What was that for you? What was the song that you kind of switched it up for? You're like, oh boy, we're at a different playing field now. Gosh, man. I think um, my career has been so different than anyone else's I know. I, I, it's, it's just been so such a long, slow... What comes to mind where you're like, I'll be I'm able to eat... Drunk on a plane changed yeah. a lot for me. Uh, I'm getting drunk on a plane. I mean, the, the biggest song... The song had a big, like... You know, bang to the the most important song in my whole career, and I say every night when I'm on stage is as I hold on. That's the song that like connects the most with. Um, it's the most personal song for me. I wrote it right after my dad passed away, and for the audience, man, those. It's it's a song in the show where like we're having a party, things fun, it's awesome. We're all feeling connected because we're all having so much fun and throwing a party. And this song I play, it just like it glues us in a different direction. It's 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 more just like this instead of this. It's like we just come together over the, uh, the shared sentiment of uh, holding on to things that, that mean something to you. And, uh, that's, that's the most important song. Right important, but not the one you felt flipped you. Like oh boy, this is it. I remember the day drunk on a plane. Like I heard it for the first time. Yeah. You brought it into the studio. It hadn't been played yet. Mm-hmm. And, and you were like, I want you to hear the song. And I was like, this is a real song, Drunk on a Plane. I thought you were messing yeah, with me. Yeah, And I almost didn't even put it on the record. Really? Like, who makes that call then to put it on the record? Just, you know, I'm, I'm, man, I'm so, everyone I work with, there's such an open communication. If I, like even the label with Mike and, and Cindy and everyone at Capitol, if, if I have doubts about something, they don't immediately jump on that and use that to promote their agenda. Everyone just is like, cool. And we all work out together and work with Mary and we just kind of like, and Arturo, my um, executive producer, and Ross, and just, okay, let's put it on there, you know. And but then to make it a single, you're talking I about, know. like, complete left to center. I know. I remember, uh, <laughs> I've had some people like, that song will never work, man. Rednecks don't fly. Like, I don't know. I don't know if it'll work either, but it's, it's I'm a pilot, and I love, you know, at the time, I was having two drinks, and it was, uh, it was, uh, I'm glad it, it, it was a huge song for me, for sure. It was a mon. It was, it was a monster. Yeah. I mean, and it, it flew up the charts. Yeah, it was big. I remember the day it came on it's the radio. Like, we did a debut, like a world premiere of yeah. it, and it played all day long. And I won't say who it is, but I, I was like, man, this song's really good, right? Because I like things that are different. Yeah. I don't I like taking big chances and hitting home runs more so than being consistent and just, you know, yeah. having that 300 yeah, batting absolutely. average. Yeah. So it came, I was like, man, I love this song because this is a song like anything else. Yeah. And the one, a radio guy, so a big radio guy. He was like, "This song sucks." <laughs> really? He was like, "This is never gonna work. <laughs> it's too right weird." No, it's yeah. not. It, he obviously it, it wasn't right because, yeah. but like I love this song. You know what song I loved of yours that didn't work for you was "Bourbon in Kentucky." Yeah, with you and Casey, I yeah. loved that yeah, song. I did too. That whole album cycle is so funny because I put out "Bourbon," it didn't work. Pulled it back. Put out uh, "I Hold On," which probably you know was a huge song for me. Then "Drunk on a Plane," which was, was obviously the biggest song off that album, but. Bourbon, ah, oh, it's a great song that Hillary Lindsay wrote, and I just I love that song. And I had to call her up. She's down in Orange Beach. She had a few drinks, and I was like, "Hey," she's like, "Hey, what are you doing?" And I was like, ah, "You're not gonna believe this, but we're, we're, we're pulling that song." And she was like, so confused. She's just like, "I thought the next time I heard from you, it'd be like the number one party." I'm like, "I've never had to pull a song for my life, but it's the middle of summer, and 
I'm getting all this feedback that the song's too dark. And that's why I loved it, though. Man. I know, it's like me so too, real. man. I know, I loved it too. And um, I just everyone's everyone around me is like, it's just not going to work. And you can either work it for 30 weeks and have it die in the 30s, or make a change now. It was the first song off the record, and um, I hate that. It was a great tune, but uh, yeah, just that's what happens sometimes. What for you? Because the artist will come in and say, "Hey, this is a song." Like for example, I think. Who was it? My American Kids. Like, Kenny cut it. A Little Big Town had it. Yeah. And Kenny cut it. Yeah. And so... No, no. Kenny had it. Wait. Yeah, Little American Big Town Kids. had it. Yeah, yeah Little Big Town had it. Yeah. Shane was telling the story. Okay, now it's all sorts of things. Yeah. Little, Shane had it. It all runs through Shane. He's on a flight. It, it all runs through <laughs> it Shane. It all runs through Shane. It, it, uh, he's on a flight with Kenny, and he plays a song for Kenny. Kenny's like, I, I got to have the song. Yeah. And, but Shane's like, I'm too scared to tell him Little Big Town's already cut it. Yeah. So he has to call, they have to call Little Big Town. And Kenny called and said, like, I would love to have the song. And Shane's like, oh. oh and Kenny's gosh. like, I want to make this the single. Oh, yeah. And and he's like, it's up to you guys. It's your song. You've already started paying. You're, yeah. you're tracking it. You're, and so Little Big Town gave the song American Kids to Kenny. Yeah. So a lot of people came up with stories like, man, I had this song. And then I was like, yeah, last minute I let it go. I have a bunch of songs that like I heard and I because the main thing if you're picking singles you got to pick or picking songs you got to pick songs that are that are hits but also they're hits for you and that's 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 how you get the the big hits out of the, the park and I hit 300s when you pick singles that are like made for you you think of songs like Don't Close Your Eyes by Keith Whitley songs that like were like just that's a singer was made for that song um John Party's song uh, Dirt in My Boots I heard that song I think before he you know before he, he cut it and what did you think when you heard it huge hit this is a monster. This is a huge song. There's a line there about a tractor. You know, and I'm just like, I just, I don't have that tractor factor. You know, I don't have that thing. It's not what I do. So I, like, I can either try to change the song up to make it work for me or just let it go and hope those guys, you know, I want the songwriters to, I want them to find, for, for songwriters, man, they might get one or two great, you know, these guys, they probably get five great songs a year, right? I don't want to like stand in the way of someone's like baby and, and tie it up because that's the way Nashville used to be. People would hold songs to like, years you know hold 30 40 songs to the record and, and the hold was respected nowadays as, as it should be it's not like you either cut it or you don't and if you're, you're not you're taking your time i'm gonna pitch it to somebody else and get them to cut it you know songwriters have more power now i think than they did back in in the late 90s um but uh so that song uh whiskey lullaby is a song that came that i Ooh, that i, such a good I heard song. and i was like ah and then and, and why why not that one what what, what that it's just uh I don't know. Just you know, I didn't hear it as a duet the way Brad heard it, which is genius. Um, it just wasn't. I don't know. I just didn't have it. Didn't, didn't do it. Didn't do something for me. I don't know what it was. But there's, that happens all the time. But for me, it's never. I never go. Oh my gosh, I'm kicking myself. I'm always like, I'm happy for that. That song found the right home and made its way. There's, there's always another song out there. Who have you heard the opposite where you got the song because somebody else was like, nah, oh, and then you made it a hit, and they have to be. Oh like, man, no, Summer on a Beach was a big deal. It really was, man. That was like, uh, you know, I, I, I had that song on hold, and um, there's five guys that wrote that song, and there's a lot of people who wanted that song, and I just uh, who wanted it? Um, the what's his name? The guy that wrote the one of the, the writers of the song. Uh, I'm totally drawing a blank right now. My brain is that's what happens when you're out on the road for three days straight. But um, well, actually, Michael Knox, I think, I think Michael Knox wanted it for one of his artists. Is what it was, and uh, we kept saying, you know. Our tour, I let, I, luckily I don't have to fight those battles. My uh, one of my producers really 
goes in the trenches for that stuff. And uh, it worked out. It was a big hit for uh, for me, and it helps him go on the road and kind of have a song to talk about. But at the same time, I know it's, it can be tough when you're a new artist, you know, a big song like that that's different and can kind of set you apart from other people. Um, but hopefully they're happy. It was a big hit, you know. It's like Lady A. You know, Lady Has You Look Good. They're, they're song. Yeah. And and that was T- Thomas Rhett's first. That's his song? And it was, He didn't write it. He had it. Okay. And he was that like, he was going to cut it. It's, huge. it's awesome. The yeah. whole, I mean, and the whole... But every artist does different things with it too. Yeah. That's, that's what we don't know too. Like, yeah. what are you going to do different about? Like, Kenny's totally was like this Beach Five. Who, I don't, who knows how Little Big Town would have yeah. cut it and tracked it and what they would have had as a part of the yeah. song. And it, it's it's it, yeah, totally. It's yeah. I think all you can do. I mean, it's just the business we're in and, and and life in general is you have to like you cannot like hold like that. You can, you got to be have an attitude of gratitude and be thankful for what you got. And if something go, it's all meant to be. It's it's. It's, there's a reason why you didn't cut that song. There's a reason why someone else cut that song. Otherwise, you're going to drive yourself crazy, and you're going to be resentful, and you're going to be you're, you're you're playing a small game, and you should be playing a much bigger game where you're looking at a macro view of it, and not just this micro like song, 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 song. If you're, you know, that's not that's not going to work. Are people trying to pitch you songs all the time? Not not your people, yeah, and not people that are in your second tier, but like walking down the street, people. I get stuff. Yeah, I get stuff from. It, 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 obviously, it shows, and I my email address. It, a lot of people have my email address. I get a lot of songs out there that I try to listen to them. And but you you do try to listen to them? I mean, I'll, I mean, I'm pretty quick. I mean, I'll, I'll I can go seven eight seconds and know whether it's for me or not. It might might be a great song, but it's not for me. What about the legalities of it though? Because I have because yeah. I write dumb songs, right? I don't even write real songs. Well, on the road, if someone like hands me a CD, I I, I don't touch it. I goes to Tom or Jay or one of my guys, and because yeah. you have songwriters insurance, because if I have to have it, you have it like yeah. crazy, right? You know, I don't know if I have it or you, not. You, for sure. If they're, if my business manager right makes me have it. I'm going to find out. I know, like, talk to guys in the town that have it, and they and they say it's pretty amazing. But I'll, I'll find out right now if I have it. I don't think I do. And maybe she, my business manager makes me have it because she knows I probably accidentally steal a song because I'm not good. <laughs> no. She'd be like, okay. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> you have to make sure. Yeah. I'd, <laughs> I'll find out right now. I definitely have it. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> let's run through a couple more real quick. Uh, this is the, the, not a single, but love the song. My favorite songs on the record. I don't wanna be alive. I'll be the moon. Oh, gosh, man. Because Ryan's been in I here. I just saw Marin backstage at, uh, at Thomas's scared, show. I was like, ah, I can't believe you and Tr have a song out together because it kind of ruins the chance for this to be a single. But I, I text Ryan all the time. You know, I, I do have songwriter insurance. Yeah, there you go. Um, I, uh, Ryan, and I, he and I keep up, and uh, this is the best song. I, 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 been telling him for two years like this song means it's the, one of the best songs I've ever heard it's such a u- unique like take on it and like you I'm always looking for songs that are different and say it in a way you haven't heard before the idea of like I'll be the moon man that guy can be the sun he can be in your life during the daytime but I'll be there with you at night and that's such a good idea and she kills it she sings that they're part of there's so awesome and I wish it was a single maybe maybe I don't know but I don't think so when the record came out I love that song so much you and Mary came and sang it. I was like, you guys have to yeah. sing it on the show. Like, yeah. I, I love the show. I love the song so much. She was like, I mean, she's blown up, obviously. Yeah. But uh, yeah, she's relatively new at that point. Ryan, Ryan and I keep up. Yeah. I like that dude. I do too. He's a good dude. I think we're going to see the stagecoach uh, on Friday. He's going to be out there. We're playing on Saturday. I know, man. Are you coming in early? Yeah. I am. What are, you, are you working or just hanging? We're playing on Saturday night. What are you coming in on Friday? We're just we're just gonna have to get there early because it's such a big yeah. thing. You come in Friday night. Yeah, we're coming yeah. Friday. Fr- what time do you play? We make it Friday ten fifteen. Oh, you, oh, so you're the, but you're the big you're the big name yeah. on top of that thing. My third time finally. It's not the 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 top of the thing. That stagecoach is a tough gig. The the ideal gig is the one right before the last one. 
as it always is, 8 o'clock slot. Sun's still going down. They're still serving alcohol. People's buzzes are still kind of going up a little bit. They're in a good mood still. 10, 15, you know, they're, they're, they're like almost hungover at this point. You have to go out there and like just kill. You have to kick their ass to, to you, try to. You're one of the big names. Like you, there are three big names. I know. It's I Dirks, know. Shania, because that's who's our night. And then maybe it's Kenny. Kenny. Yeah, the first time I played there was with uh, was Daylight and Taylor Swift went on before me. That, was, that says a lot. It was back in 2007. And I came back and opened for Miranda. And then this time we're finally headlining it. So Look at that. Big deal. Big night, man. It's crazy. Stagecoach is, a, is, a, is one of the I'd ones. never been before. It's fun, They man. asked us to play like six months ago. It's fun. And we were like, because we weren't going to play a bunch of idiots. I was just doing stand-up. Yeah. No, and, I, it's, and everybody was like, come do Stagecoach. Yeah, it's fun. I hope you'll, you'll be in there that night. It'll be, it'll be awesome. Yeah, I'll come, we'll come out to the show. We're standing at a friend's house. Close. So we're just going to be able to walk over there. Is I guess is that walkable? Like, can you walk stage? Yeah, yeah, run back and forth. There's it's so much going. On. The backstage is great. There's so many different bands. I mean, that's what's great. You got guys like, yeah. I mean, I was, you have bluegrass bands playing. You got Jerry Lee Lewis is playing. You got country. They do a great job of really bringing like everybody in that's under the country umbrella. So we're playing a lot of the Brian O'Connor festivals this year. Yeah, we're doing that? Route 91 and Faster Horses, and we're it's doing. Great. And so Connell's festivals are fun, man. Those in particular are great. He takes a lot of pride. And he makes the backstage vibe great. That's what he, that's he, what he like. You can tell, and for the fan experience too. You know, I mean, I love all the festivals; they're great. But the, having like festivals that aren't just the kind of same feeling, that kind of have this unique like Route ninety one has its own feel, and Faster Horses has its feel, and, and Watershed has its feel, and the the we'll, I'll go out with Brian in a golf cart and go drive around people tailgating. He'll show me where this is where we set this place up just to get ice, man. They can get ice anytime they want here, and sunblock. And this is a pond they can go fishing at. They can get fishing poles from right here and go fish in this pond. I mean, he really makes it unique. And um, hopefully we're doing some of this together. I'm doing faster horses. Uh, maybe I'm doing water shit. I don't know. Does it feel like you live two lives? I do live two lives. Because it's, it, it's I mean, like the normal dude during the middle of the week and then the rock star on the weekends. I'm literally, I've had a chance to do like some TV stuff and, I, and it would make for great TV, but I just don't want to have like cameras on me. But because of aviation and because and and I, I'm treating myself on who I am on the road is definitely who I am. My fans, I'm honest in, in front of them, and that's a big part of my personality. When I get on stage and go crazy, um, but I am literally you know, I'll be I'll be flying home, and the next morning at, when my kids are younger, I'll be like in a mommy me class with a a twirly baton, you know, like doing like the things, but no one the right no one <laughs> possibly think that I was doing this, you know, but like. Because I mean, I'm all in on the dad thing. Like I, I there's nothing beneath me. Nothing I won't do. I won't do anything. And so it's uh, it's definitely. I, I physically am two places at once too. I mean, I get very little sleep. I, you know, I'm up every morning early because I I, I want to have a full life here. And one thing it takes a toll on is is the sleep. But um, I I really am physically sometimes in two places at the same time. I want to end on this. And and I wonder if it got. I have to a question it. for you. Okay, oh, cool. Uh, okay, book. let me hit first. And then I'll come up with you guys, whatever you want. Is Napa paying you? For Napa? I walk by your book every day because it's in my closet. The back They're not. You. There's a back picture with you with the Napa symbol. This is a good question. It drives me crazy all the time. I see, I go, did he get paid down that Napa thing in the back cover? Nothing. Zero. That's the question I had. All right. Zero. Napa buys a studio sponsorship. I know, so it's in there. And it's in there. And, it, and I wanted that book to be just random pictures. Right. And so, just like the book, it's all random stories. Yeah. And I just want, and Napa, we had to make the decision. Do we not choose the picture because there's a logo? Yeah. Or do it is a part of my life and a part of time. We were like, you know what? They just they like I it. really like working with Napa because yeah. they're fantastic. But also it was like, you know, this is Napa the, weirdly they're a big part of my life because they allow me to eat. 
The sponsors yeah. of the show allow me to eat. It's important. We had to have a meeting to go on the picture of the book. There's a Napa logo. Do we cut it? Do we make it black? So you did Do think we, about it. Absolutely. Okay, gotcha. And it was just, I just tried in that book to, as much of my it, life very it really real. was, it's very real, just yeah. let it be. I just see that all the time. I was like, it's so funny. I wonder if you got paid That's so that. funny you asked that because we had a whole meeting about that. And I was That's like, funny. just let it be. And yeah. they got, no, no, no money extra. Well, I don't think we ever even told them. Yeah. They're happy. We never, yeah. Um, okay, here's my question. So when the ACMs happened and you were, you were hosting, we, I was back before I presented. We, it was crazy how calm and chill you were in between. Mm. We were just talking before yeah, I, I yeah. went on. And I was about to go on and do Album of the Year. And I was rooting for you. And I said publicly I wanted you to win Album of the Year. Yeah. You, did, you didn't win, which sucked. But I wanted you to win. And so I opened. I looked at the card ahead of time. Yeah. And I saw that it was Miranda who won. Yeah. And I went over to Mary and told her. So she, as if she wanted to tell you so you wouldn't be like, let I, did she oh, tell yeah. you or did you no. just see it live? I saw it live. I mean, because I, I went over so and gave her heads times. up. You know, the the award show stuff. I'm I'm as competitive. I'm I'm I don't know anyone more competitive than me. I'm I'm really really competitive. But uh, and there's times I've lived and died by the award shows, and I'm in a place now where I really I love being nominated. It's awesome. Winning would be nice, but I'm in it to win the much bigger battle. I know, but it sucked I'm for the, you. Like I wanted you to win. I gotta be honest, man. I'm like, I, I, it'd be yeah. I, I'd like to win so I could thank people like you that played. You played. I you know you played songs and give them a chance to get things got going. I want to thank Mary. I want to thank my wife. But man, I just want to. I want to beyond all that. I want and you to, were gonna. Win. You're gonna do all that. You're, you get you're, you get the trophy. That's great. But winning in you can't just win in when you have. I'm winning. I feel like I'm winning in life, man. I have like I get to go do that, and that's great. And I, maybe I didn't win album of the year, but when the show's over, I get to go back to like. I had this great band I get to play music I'm not, with. I'm, I agree. You're I the, it's awesome. Family. Life's awesome. No, life is awesome. But That's my still, quote. That's my mantra right there. Still, life is awesome. I'm just telling you, I was like... Life is awesome. I was sad you didn't win. And I was like, this is, this is just boy looking out for boy. And I was yeah. like, come on, Mary, if you want to tell him, I don't want, to, I don't Man, want him to like, on TV like be like, oh. If, if your album's out the same year Miranda's out, you just you're not you're not gonna get it. That's the way that's the way it goes. And it's certainly so. She makes great records. She's got a great voice. She's a great friend, and I'm happy for her. she. I, you know. And it was a double album. It's an art piece. It was a fantastic art piece. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm rooting yeah. for you. I looked. Thank I you. wanted to see it. Then I went and told Mary, your manager. I was like, he didn't win. So if you want to tell him, just so it, she's it, used it, to me not winning. My my sister calls me the Susan Lucci of uh, of country music. So hey, better be that than nothing else. But I, I I'm. I, I'm so appreciative of every worship I've been nominated for, and I'm saying this in all honesty, but I would tell any younger artists out there, do not make that your goal. Do not look at Kenny. He never won anything till like he was already playing stadiums. Luke doesn't win a whole lot of stuff. Uh, and he didn't start winning till he's already playing stadiums. Like do not focus on winning a, a, a piece of hardware. It's so silly. And it's a lot of it's voted on. As you know, I'm not gonna tell the listeners, you know, just enjoy your steak. You don't wanna see how it's made. It's it's not a pretty process how that stuff gets voted it's on. Not. It's really not. And it's it's not the true judge of like what is good is your audience. When you go out there and you stand in front of that microphone and they sing songs back to you, that's what any younger artist should be focused on. And that's what I focus on. There's times in the middle of my career where I didn't and I got frustrated, but I, man, I don't, I don't care. This, I, article, you know. this article just popped up on notifications. It's the best 100 choruses of all time, like hooks of songs. Ross Copperman? He's his name. No, it's not even country songs. <laughs> like if I say Ashley Simpson, Pieces of Me, do you remember the chorus of that song? No. Yeah, me either. Pieces of me. And I don't... I'm just looking through some of this list. I mean, I, I can sing all like the Moana soundtrack. I, I have kids. I you bet know? you know all that stuff. I know. All, I mean, I can sing. Yeah. I want to get here and see the top of these real quick. You're this welcome. I can sing. Uh, here we go. All right, here we go. Top ten. You ready? Uh, uh, Miley Tosh Wrecking Ball. That everybody knows that. It came in like a wrecking ball. It came in like a wrecking ball. Don't hurt your voice. Sorry. Uh, Ride with me. You know that one? 
If you want to come and take a ride with me. You know the Nelly song? Nelly, yeah. Florida Georgia Line, what are you about to say? I would say Flow Rider. Oh, Flow Rider. R. Kelly Ignition remakes. I don't know. I'm not trying to be cool. Did he have a song like Pee on Me or something? He has a, he has a whole video. Okay. Yeah. He has a whole life I'm called so Pee on I mean, You don't understand. I'm like the wrong. I listen to like Flatten Scrugs. I'm like a, I don't know anything about These a, are the biggest of all country. time, they say. Katy Perry, Teenage Dream. Uh, Yeah, I know a song. Give me a little piece. Damn it, damn it. This is the top for me. Teenage I, Dream. That's it. Yeah, I wouldn't like. How about Empire State of Mind? Oh, the whole, the, the. Jay Z stuff. Yeah, this whole thing so good. That's the one about ambience, slipping ambience. In New York, concrete jungle, jungle where dreams are made okay. of. We're in the top five. Then you can't. Oh. This one you'll get. I bet. Jimmy Eat World, the middle. <sighs> no. Oh, you don't get to. It just takes some time. Don't you do that? Don't you do that in your show? Uh, we part of it. Yeah, we do parts of all kinds of. I am like I'm honestly. This is not. Outcast, Miss Jackson. No, I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Ooh, I am for real. <laughs> Never meant to make your mama. You know that one? Oh my gosh! Oh, wow. No, I know Roseville, Kentucky, and, and uh, you know yeah, Bill yeah. Skinner Blues. I'm the Killer, Mister Brightside. Because I'm Mister. Oh, I love the Killers. Bright. You do love the Killers? I love the Killers. Do you man. know those guys? I, no, but I saw them play when they played the like. The great thing about living in Nashville is you see like everyone come through the Ryman. And I saw them play the Ryman. They're still on their way up. It was it was awesome, man. Number two, since you've been gone, Kelly Clarkson. Since you've been gone. Yeah, and number one is Carly Rae Jepsen. Call me maybe. My son's. Favorite song, I know. I, I, I know. I know that whole song. My son Knox who's three. Call me maybe. We listen to Call Me Maybe like still ten times in the car. We just got into it. Hey, I just met you. This is crazy, but here's my number. So call me maybe. And all the other boys try to chase me, but here's my number. So call me maybe. And I can. Before you came into my life, I knew you so bad. I you should know that. I mean, I know the whole thing, man. But that's it's embarrassing. My son loves that song. I think it must have. You know, it was in the movie Sing. That's the reason why I know. It. There's a TV show, a movie called Sing, where it's like American Idol for cartoons. Yeah, it's so good. And oh, oh my gosh, Matthew McConaughey. Go back to your original thing about people you text and they yeah. text you back. Matthew McConaughey. So I did a thing for him called Matt Jack. And Mac, it's yeah, um, in Austin. Austin, yeah, it's, and, it's uh, uh, Mac Brown, Matthew McConaughey. Yes, and I'm so glad this happened because I can tell you the story. Okay, go ahead. Uh, so anyway, and he like, uh, you know, it was really hard. It couldn't do it as the schedule wasn't working out. Well, he, all three of them, like, called me and texted me one day, and Matthew McConaughey like called me like, whoa, McConaughey just called me. This is crazy. He's texting me. I, I, I decided to do it. We texted a little bit leading up to it. Well, then afterwards, I hadn't, you know, I, I watched the movie Sing. And it was, he was the, the voice of one of the main characters. And I was like, how should I put this? Bravo on <laughs> Sing. So good. Bravo. I wrote Bravo. What an idiot. Bravo. I don't think it's even on this phone. It's a new phone. And like just, yeah, nothing came back on that one. And oh, wow. No, uh, nothing. No, I haven't heard from that one. I think I lost. I, think I, might have, I, I used my one chance up with McConaughey and this. <laughs> nothing. Done that, that he's not texting back a stupid country singer. All right, there we go. It's already over. It's over. Dude, we talked for an hour and so good, hour and twenty man. minutes. Time just flies by. It was really fun, man. Thanks, dude. I appreciate you coming Love by. Love the show. Congrats. Thanks. Thanks. This is a good thing. I, uh, you know, people listen to these for weeks and months away. So right now, Black's a single. Yes. So, you know, these podcasts are definitely not time sensitive, which no. is the crazy thing about it. So I'm it's back like, do it again. But uh, I can talk lifestyle. Let's talk about food, and nutrition. Can we talk about whatever you want. That's a good thing about these. Derek's like, I want to do a podcast. I'm like, I want to talk about yeah. 
life hacking and how we can keep He brought going. me a book. Yeah, the tool. And I haven't have read the Tim Ferriss book. And it's like, it looks like if you were to stack three Bibles on top of each other, it's, it's not the big. routines of, of, of grinders like yourself, man. I'll put a little note in there for you. You, did, you, did, you did put a note in there. Yes. I appreciate that. Keep All right, episode, what's that? Except episode 54. Uh, Dirk's good to see you. See you, And now uh, I'll, I'll probably see you in a couple of days. I'll see you Friday night. Yeah. I'm going to come out. All right, come on. I, I think I've been to your shows more than anybody else's. Like, Really, I've been to more of your shows than anybody in town, period. Well, yeah, it starts all the way back in D.C., I think. It was the first big one. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah, we, I came out. You like, yeah. we, I like came out and But it's I think free, I've been to like seven of your shows. Yeah. I've been in emails. But came to the, most, the biggest one, Nashville, which I appreciate, man. That was a big night. That was a big night. That was, yeah. a, that was a great, that was like, everybody was like, okay, he's, that was your moment into that, you're now in the eight, wherever you want to say it is, that, that was your night. Maybe where it, it, you kind of jumped up. 89 percent All right, whatever you want to say. All right, Dirk Spindley, uh, thank you, and thanks to Blue Apron, Hunter Flowers, and we'll see you guys next time.